Amen. You guys can be seated if you would, please. I put a little message on Facebook last night that, that again, we have uh, another one of those opportunities here in the life of the church to celebrate what God is doing in the hearts of his children. And today, we're going to celebrate literally what he's doing in one of the hearts of his kids. And, and, and here's the beauty of it. You know, today is a, a special day because we have baptism, but today is also a special day because we have family worship at the beginning of each month. And we do that for a specific reason. That, that our children who, who are coming with us would be able to experience this faith that has become so important to you. So for those of us who, who are adults and, and who believe in our hearts and, and follow the Lord, for us, you know, we want our children to follow us and our children's children. And so by, by coming together during family worship, they get to see that this is their God, their church, their Savior, it's their story, and it's their job. And so, so this week and over the last few weeks, I've been talking to, to Grace Jack, and she is just the sweetest little girl. Um, she is so precocious, and she has the most wonderful little smile, and there she is. And so we have been talking about her desire to be baptized. As I was talking with her, her grandmother and grandfather, they were telling me how, how she's been almost begging to be baptized for the last couple of years. She's been talking about how God has been working in her heart. And they said, oh, you know, sweetie, you're too young, and, 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 and we don't know. And, and so she's persistently said she believes. And so as they've prayed with her and as they've led her, you know, she came to me on Easter Sunday. And she said, Pastor Stewart, I'm ready to be baptized. And so we got to talk about what that means and, and why we get baptized. And she has it down, guys. And, and when, you, when you talk to her, when you hug her, and when you look deep into her eyes, you see more than just a little girl. You see more than just a kid. You see a child of God. And it doesn't matter if you're 8, 9, 10, 80, or 90. It doesn't matter how old you are. When God speaks to you and you realize deep down in your heart that he's real and that he died for your sins, when that happens, that's when God performs a miracle that lasts forever. And so it's my privilege this morning to invite Miss Gracie to come in here with me. If you would come on down, grab this rail. We don't want you to fall. We don't want you to do a cannonball. Hand me this little thing. Thank you. It's so cold, isn't it? No, it's not. It's just right. Come on in. Perfect. There you go. Well, Miss Gracie's been a, a good little friend of mine. And you can stand here next to me for a second. And so Miss Gracie's been a neat friend of mine. And so uh, here's some things that you might not know about her. She loves unicorns. She loves sparkly things. Uh, she loves her hair and is unwilling to share any of these pigtails with me. I ask every Sunday, and she won't share them with me. But she's a good friend, and she, she loves her family, and she loves her God. And so as I asked her, I said, Gracie, I said, why do you want to do this? And she said, I want everybody to see that God saved me. She said she wanted everybody to know what he had done for her. And I said, well, I said, so does being baptized save you? You know, a lot of times when I ask children this, when I ask kids that, is, is going under the water what saves you? She said, no. She said, she said, I know that Jesus died for my sins. And because Jesus died for my sins, that saved me. Well, she believes that in her heart, and she spoke that with her mouth. And it takes a lot of courage for a child to say it. It takes a lot of courage to stand up in this world and say that God is real, I believe in him, and I'll follow him with my life. And so as we've gotten to, to talk over the last few weeks and, and even this morning, one of the things that I reminded her is that 
Just because you're eight years old, Gracie, just because you're eight doesn't mean that God can't do amazing things with you. It starts now, but it lasts forever. And so just because you're eight, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do something because now that God's in you, he can do anything. He can help people that, that need him. You can lead people to him. You can tell people about him. So because he's in your heart, you can lead other people as well. And so because you're a, a child of God's now, because you're his child, now, now you've got a father forever in heaven. You've got a dad in heaven that's looking out for you. He's got your back, and he's going to help you, okay? And so he loves you, and I love you, and this church loves you, and we are so proud of you. And so I've got to ask you these questions one more time in front of all these people. Are you ready? Do you believe that God created the entire heavens and earth as a place where he could be with you? Do you believe that sin separates us from God and that there's nothing at all that we can do to fix that? Do, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross so that he could save you from your sins? Do you believe he rose from the dead three days later? Well, because Jesus died on the cross and because you believe it with your heart, it says that you're saved. You're saved forever and nobody can ever take you out of God's hand. And because you've been willing to, to say that this morning in front of all these people, well, I get to take this pretty little handkerchief and I get to put it on your pretty little face and I get to say it's my privilege and my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracie, we are so proud of you. We can't wait to see what God does with you. We can't wait to see what other kids in your class or what other people in your home or, or whatever things that happen in your life that God gets the glory for, and it starts today. We're proud of you. Congratulations, kiddo. All right. Here's your little handkerchief. All right. Guys, this is what we're here for. You know, and it doesn't matter, again, what age it is. And, and I said last night, if anybody is feeling like, like God's leading you, if you brought an extra set of clothes, you can get right in here today. Today's the day to make decisions. Don't wait. Don't wait to believe in your heart. Don't wait to speak with your mouth. Don't wait, you know, to make changes because this is what the church is all about. And you're not alone. You're not by yourself. This group and this community are here that we would support one another. But this is the life of the church right here. This is where, where community grows. This is where church grows. And this is where we pass the torch to the next generation. So I'm so excited that we get to do this together as a community and as a family. Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, we come to you, Lord, and we give you the glory. Father, we praise you and we declare that you are good. That, Lord, uh, because uh, Gracie has said yes to you, she's got a father in heaven. And, and Lord, uh, she is linked with the rest of us as a brother and as a sister. And so, Lord, we praise you for that work. We pray that you would use her little heart, that you'd use her little life. And that, Father, you would continue to grow in her like a mustard seed. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would continue to be the, the driving force for little Gracie. Lord, be with the rest of us this morning as we lift our praise to you. May, may it reach your ears and may it, it glorify you as it should. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we seek you in this building and in these hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everybody. Welcome again to Mentor. We're so glad that you guys are here with us this morning. As we said, it, it is an exciting day in the life of the church and and for everything that God means to us. This is just another one of those examples of fruit that God is producing through us. 
We finished up our conversation last week uh, talking about really how God continues to work through us. And this week, and actually over the last few months, I've been dwelling on this, this thing that's going on around us. Have you guys noticed where it doesn't matter if you're on Facebook or if you're in the classroom, it doesn't matter if you're at the grocery store or maybe even at your family table, it seems like no matter where you look, people are ready to fight. Have you noticed this? People are just, just itching and ready to start arguing about something. People are, are so ready to start fighting. You know, and when I was a kid, I was, look at these two, these two over here. And so when I was a kid, I was always ready to fight. I was always ready to get in a fight with somebody. I was the shortest kid. I was the scrawniest kid. I've gotten over half of those. But when I was a kid, I was ready to fight. I remember one time in fourth grade, I was playing uh, tetherball. You know what tetherball is, right? I was playing tetherball, which is not a sport that I'm uniquely qualified to play. But I was playing it with my best friend. And so we played like three or four games in a row at school one day. And he won all of those games, and I never touched the ball, right? So he hit it, and it started going up, right? And wrapped around that pole, and I never got to hit it. And I was so angry that he wouldn't even give me a chance that I tackled this kid. And we go rolling around on the school playground, and then, then we get marched into the principal's office. And back at that time, guys, I don't know if you knew this or not, but back then, if you got in trouble for something, the principal or the teacher would paddle you on the rear end with a big paddle. Well, that's what happened to me. It actually happened quite a few times throughout my school days. I, you know, was going for the record. I don't think I achieved it, but I set the mark pretty high. And so, so I got paddled by the principal for that. Now, if you were to fast forward all of these years, is it important to me that I didn't get to hit the tetherball? No. What I was fighting with, with my best friend about at that time means nothing to me today. You know, in fact, I, I know a lot of people that, that got in little fights or little tiffs, and, and maybe it wasn't a physical fight. Maybe it wasn't punching or wrestling or rolling around. Maybe it was with words. Maybe instead of punching somebody, you, you stabbed them with some really harsh words. And you said those words then because what was happening in that moment was the most important thing that could go on. But if you fast forward a few weeks or you fast forward a few years or you fast forward a few decades, and all of a sudden those little things that we were fighting about aren't nearly as important today as they were then. Well, in the Bible, there's actually a whole lot of discussion about fighting. You know, there was a lot of people in the Bible who were fighting. There were, uh, there were soldiers who were fighting against armies who were trying to invade them. There were people arguing and quarreling with one another. There were, uh, there were people who were even fighting and battling against the, the tendencies, the sinful tendencies inside themselves. There was this battle of, of good and evil. So the Bible is full of these different descriptions of fighting. And you know, fighting in and of itself isn't necessarily a bad thing. In fact, as you read through the scripture, there are times in the Bible where it says that fighting, defending, is something that's noble, and it's right, and it's good. But then there are other times in the Bible, like me wrestling around with my buddy on the, the playground, or me fighting with somebody on Facebook, or me you know, trying to uh, do something else. There are other times where it's, it's not good and righteous. Rather, it's evil and it's sinful. And so there's a big difference between those two. And the only difference between them is what motivates you. The only difference between a good fight and an evil fight is the motivation. It's that thing in your heart that compels us to do it. 
You know, and, and so over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about fighting for what matters. Today we're going to be looking at the good fight. We're going to talk about what we should fight for. We're going to talk about how we should fight for it. We're going to talk about the way that we should be. But over the next few weeks, we're going to look at some of those things that are worth fighting for. Fighting for things like your faith. You know, Gracie this morning took a big step, and, and so she has to guard her faith, and she has, to, she has to protect that, and all of us owe responsibility to help do that with her. Each of us have to fight for our faith. Each of us have a responsibility to fight for our family, to keep family together, to keep those relationships strong. And then the other thing that we're going to talk about as we close this series up in a few weeks is fighting for our community. You know, as I, as I get in, in this place, Menor has historically been very unique. The city of Menor is, a, is a, a wonderfully unique place in that everybody lived together and people just roamed between the houses and, and who knew who was mom and dad? It didn't matter. You just walked in and out of people's houses and sometimes these people would feed you, sometimes those people would spank you, sometimes these people would, whatever. It was one big community. But over the last 20, 30, 40 years, what we're finding is that we're losing community. And for as much as we, we like to talk about community and for as much as we like to talk about desiring community to be that way, what we find is that community and relationship like that is slipping through our hands. And if we're not real careful, we'll lose it completely. And so we're going to talk about fighting for faith, talking about fighting for family, and fighting for community. But today, we're going to talk about the fight. We're going to talk about the biblical basis for it. We're going to talk about, you know, why we fight sometimes. And we're going to talk about the good fight. And we're going to talk about fighting well. We're going to talk about those this morning. Listen to how James describes uh, what causes fights among people like us. In James chapter 4, he says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? He says, Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you don't have, so you kill. You, you covet, but you can't get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight. He says, you don't have to, you don't have, because you don't ask God. And when you do ask, you don't receive, because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. And so James, writing 2,000 years ago, says, here's why you're all fighting all the time. He says, here's what you're really fighting about. You're fighting because you want what you want. James is saying the reason that we, we start as a small child and one of the first words that we, we learn is mine or we learn no and we, word, we learn words like that because it's about me. The motive of the heart that, that, that tips the scale from a good fight to an evil fight is if it's about me. If it's about me, you can believe I'm going to be ready to throw down. You can believe I'm going to be ready to, to, to fight for that. But is it good or is it bad? And what he says and what James is, is starting to paint a picture for us of is that when we fight for ourselves, when we're fighting for, for what we want and what makes us comfortable and, and what we like and all of those things, that's about me, 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 me. The root of all sin is me. I'm the root of all sin. It's my desires. It's the things that I want for me. And because I want it, I'm willing to fight for it. And I'm willing to lose relationships over it. I'm willing to be divided from community and family and even God to get those things. Do I say that out loud? No, I don't say that. I say it with my actions. Because when I fight for me, it's sin. And that separates me from God. When I'm upset with you because, because you're fighting for what you want and I'm fighting for what I want, now it separates me from you. When I'm fighting and, and I'm putting myself on an island, now I separate myself from community. 
Do you see how the, the evil fight, the wicked fight, the fight that is for me, do you see how that breaks all of those other things? But here's the thing. When we fight for what's good, we're fighting for God and we're fighting for others. And now all of a sudden, that's gonna draw us closer to community. That's gonna draw us in tighter with family. And it's gonna draw us in tighter and tighter with God. The difference is what motivates the heart. The difference is who you're fighting for and what you're fighting for. And so as we continue to look, the key verse that we're going to be going over in this series is one in 1 Timothy that says, fight the good fight of the faith. He's saying fight the good fight of the faith. Not fight the good faith, uh, fight of, of tetherball or foursquare. Don't fight the good fight of who's pretty and who's friends with who. Don't fight the good fight of who said what on Instagram and all those kinds of things. Don't fight that fight, he says. He says fight the good fight of faith. He says fight the good fight of faith and then take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession. You see, you made a good confession saying that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus died for my sins and because of that, God's kingdom expands and because of that, a lost is found and so all of a sudden we're starting to get a little bit of a picture of what good looks like. He says, he says grab a hold of that uh, which you made in confession and the presence of many witnesses. That's what, that's what 1 Timothy tells us is to fight the good fight. But what's good? What is good in the eyes of God? You know, I'll tell you. There aren't many things today that I'm willing to fight for. I'm for sure willing to fight for my, my faith. I'm willing to fight for my family. I'm willing to fight for my community. I'm willing to fight for this church. I will fight you over a donut. But beyond that, there's not much that I really am willing to fight about. I'm willing to fight to make sure that people respect one another. I'm willing to, to make sure that, that people don't disrespect and dishonor one another. I'm willing to, I'm willing to fight if, if my boys dishonor their mother in some way. I'm willing to fight for that, right? But those are things that build and things that grow. But if we're going to understand fighting the good fight, let's talk about good for just a second. As you think about the word good in your mind, what are some of the words that, that pop into your head? If, if you think about what's good to God, what would you say is good? How would you define that? What are some of the words that come into your head? Kindness. Kindness. Yeah. What else is good to God? Respect. What else? Love. What's that? Generosity. What else? What's that? Security. Humility. I can't hear you. Purity, yes. I got it now. My allergies, you know. What else? Forgiveness, love. All of those things are good to God. Well, in Romans 12, 12, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It says that if you'll do that, if you'll be transformed, then you'll be able to tell and approve what God's will is, his good perfect and pleasing will but here's what the thing is, is he says that if you don't understand him if you're not following him if you're not making his will your will then you might not understand what is good and so here's what's good there's only ever been one thing in this world that's been truly good there's only one thing that's ever been good in this life if you come on wednesday nights you know the answer what's the one thing that's ever been good here jesus Jesus is the only thing that's ever been good about this place. And the fact that he's in us, you know, gives us just a little piece of that. 
So Jesus is good. And Jesus had one job when he walked on the face of the earth. He was here for one purpose, for one reason. He walked the earth, he taught, he loved, all for one purpose, that he would die on a cross to save the souls of all of us, of all of mankind. And so Jesus had one job, to die so that he could save us, so that he could redeem us, so that he could restore us. And so that was his one job. If you want to know what's good, what's good is Jesus. If you want to know what's good and what's worth fighting for, fight for what Jesus fought for, which is the lost souls of men. This is what we're here for. Jesus didn't fight. Jesus didn't argue. Jesus didn't condemn. Jesus didn't slander. He didn't do any of those things. Jesus walked the walk, and he walked it straight to Calvary. Jesus didn't fight. He loved, and he served, and he he obeyed his Father. He came and followed the will of his Father, the good, perfect, and pleasing will of his Father. That's the good fight. That's what's worth fighting for is that, what, that which is eternal. The things that will last and the only things that last is salvation. And so that's what Jesus was literally willing to lay his life down for. And so as I think about my life and as I think about the things that I've done, as I think about the arguments that I've had, as I think about some of the, the, the quietness that I've had in relationships, as I think about the separation that I've had sometimes from family, as I think about some of those little things today that I was willing to fight over in my heart, those were about me. And can you imagine that I'd be willing to walk away from family over that little stuff? Can you imagine that I'd be willing to, to step away from God over these little things which are for me? They simply don't matter. They didn't matter then, they don't matter now, and they won't matter tomorrow because none of it leads another person to the cross. None of it gets me closer to God, closer to my family, and closer to my community. None of those things are worth fighting for if it doesn't, if it doesn't lead to the cross. So so that's the good fight, folks. That's what's worth fighting over. When when God said that we have a, a responsibility to defend our land, it's because we're defending a land and a country that stands for one nation under God. That's why we defend it. God gave us this place, and we have a, a responsibility to defend it. The reason that we fight for our faith is because it's our responsibility to hand it off to the next generation. We owe that as a duty. It doesn't just end by coming to church. It it ends when we're with God in heaven for all eternity. But we have to bring other people with us. We've got to tell our story. We've got to tell other people what God has done for us. Because when we do that, I promise they'll follow us, Gracie. They'll follow us if we'll tell our story. They'll follow us, Owen, if we'll tell our story. If we'll tell them what God did for us, they'll follow us and we'll lead them to the cross. This is, this is our purpose as a people. This is our purpose as mankind is to lead them there. That is the good fight. But we have a responsibility to fight the good fight and to fight it well. There's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. There's a right way to say it and a wrong way to say it. My mom told me over and over and over and over again, it ain't always what you say. It's how you say it. You can say the right words the wrong way. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know, you've said a few yes ma'am kind of things before, right? Those were the right words said the wrong way. One way gets you a hug. The other one gets you a backhand. You know, it's same words. The only difference is, is the motivation of the heart. It's what James said. He said it, it's, it's, it's what motivates your heart is what determines whether it's good or bad. And so when we fight, 
Our responsibility is to, is to lead people to the cross. What we have to remember is that on the backs of our shirts, on the backs of, of, of our jackets, the way that we walk through life, we're Christians. We've got God's name on the back of our jersey. We represent his team. And so the way that we behave and the way that we live and the way that we love, the way that we speak, that's a reflection on God. And so if we do it the wrong way, then we're giving God a bad name. If we're walking it out in the wrong way, then we're, then we're making people not want to follow him. We're making people want to flee from him. And so we have a responsibility as believers. We have a responsibility as people who have said yes to not only fight the good fight, but to fight it well. Here are some verses that tell us a little bit more about how you might do that. In Matthew, it says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him uh, his fault, just between you and him alone. And if he listens to you, then you've gained your brother back. In Romans 12, it says, repay no evil for evil, but give thoughts uh, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. In Proverbs 17, it says, The beginning of strife is like letting out water, so quit before the quarrel breaks out. The beginning of, of quarrel is like water. You poke a little small hole in the dam, and then it won't stop. It won't stop coming out because once water starts to flow, it's going to find a way. It's going to look for the path of least resistance, and it's going to flow, and you can't stop it once it starts coming. And so he's saying that a fight is a little bit like that. Have you ever said words before that you just intended to make a little point, but then all of a sudden it snowballs out of control? Have you ever said some words before, and maybe they were even the right words, but you said them in the wrong way, and now all of a sudden it starts to snowball, and it starts to get out of control on you? You see, our words are, are, are the beginning of quarrel, and that's like letting water out. Once it starts to flow, it gets out of control, and it'll start to wash people away. Have you ever seen those videos on Facebook or America's Funniest Home Videos where there's people like they've got these above ground pools and they bust the side of them and then they like kayak out of it? Well, sometimes they'll do it and it like washes their deck away and people are in chairs and it knocks them over. That's what happens once the water starts to flow. You lose control of it, right? Water is powerful. Water is, it can be hurtful. So you cut this thing on the side, it starts to flow out and now all of a sudden it's causing chaos. It's causing chaos for us. And so what it says in Proverbs, you know, Solomon was the, the wisest man ever. He says, quit before you get there. Stop before it becomes a fight because the fight isn't worth it. No doubt whatever words you were going to say, no doubt whatever, you know, concept you were going to convey, whatever best practices you might be seeking, no doubt what you were wanting uh, other people to do for you, no doubt when you do it with a quarrelsome tone, What's going to happen is it's going to snowball and it's going to get out of control. And so he tells us that that's not the way to do it. He says, if your brother sins against you, go and talk to him and say, look, this is how it made me feel. I might be right, wrong, or indifferent, but this is the way it landed on me. And you know what most times people are going to say? If, if I went to somebody, if I, if I came to you, Hardy, and I said, Hardy, man, you, you said this to me and that really landed on me funny, no doubt, nine times out of ten, you'd say, brother, I didn't mean that at all. That, that's not at all what I meant. I would have never tried to hurt you on purpose. Maybe, right? No doubt that's what they would say. If you went to the person next to you and you said, look, you know, this really hurt my feelings. You know, you said this or, or you said this about me or about this thing. If you said that, no doubt they would say, I'm really sorry. Now, there's a, there's, there's a nugget of truth in here, right, where there's smoke, there's fire. Maybe I do need a little help. You know, could you do this? To, so you're asking me for this, I'm asking you for that. And so now all of a sudden relationship grows because we understand each other and what motivates each other a little bit better. This is what it's about. We can't fight over the little stuff. We gotta fight over the stuff that leads to the cross. 
Don't fight about the carpet. Don't fight about the paint. Don't fight about the gravel. Don't fight about, you know, the songs. Don't fight about any of that stuff. Don't fight about who's in charge and who's getting more, you know, uh, glory and pride out of it. Don't fight over that stuff. Fight over getting the lost to the foot of this. Fight over that, right? Be willing to live your life in such a way that it doesn't drive people away from the cross but brings them to it. Do it in such a way that your friends want to follow you to this place, that your family wants to gather in this place so that we can lead them to the cross, so that the lost can be found and God would get the glory. The fights that we have in and among around us are fights about us, not about God. And so I want to read you one last little passage this morning as we start to to close up. You see, because we have a responsibility to fight. We've got to fight for the right things, and we've got to fight the good fight. We've got to fight the good fight well, but ultimately, we have to be united in that fight. We have to be united together as a church, as a body, not just us in this building, but in buildings all across the world. We have to be united. We have to be united with the, the church in China that's being persecuted, or the church in Russia, or the church in, in, in one of the stands. We have to be united with our brothers and sisters for one purpose, one body, one voice praising one God as one family. We have to be united and finding well. And First Peter, he said, finally, all of you, he says, have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. But on the contrary, he says, bless for this you were called, that you might obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and, and see good days, Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. This word good is going to follow through all of this. Let him do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Folks, I'm here to tell you right now. You find what you look for. If you're looking for an argument, You can find it here, you can find it out there, you can find it online, you can find it anywhere. If you're looking for a quarrel, if you're looking for a fight, you can find it. But I'm here to tell you right now that in five days, five years, 50 years, those things aren't going to matter if they aren't leading people to the cross. And so maybe you're fighting for a just and worthy cause, but are you fighting well? Are you doing it the way that you're supposed to? Are you returning, you know, are are you fighting evil with good? Are you returning evil to evil? What's the motivation of your heart? What decides what words you'll use and and who will get the glory? What decides whether it's going to be good or whether it's going to be evil? And that's, that's with you. It all depends on what you fill yourself with. It all depends on what you fill yourself with. And so this morning as we start this new conversation, we start a new day today, and I'll tell you that my heart is absolutely filled to the brim because one of God's has said yes. My heart is filled to the brim knowing that this is what's worth fighting for. My heart is filled and and to a point of overflowing knowing that God is working in our midst and God is working in our hearts and working in our families and changing people. My heart is filled. And so I'll tell you, you find what you look for. If you're looking for good, you can find it. All you've got to do is come to the well. You want to dip out some of his grace? Come to the well. 
You want to dip out some of his goodness and his mercy? Come to the well. You want to dip out some, some of that forgiveness and some of that peace and patience and kindness? Come to the well. Because there we can get our fill of, of a water and a joy that will last now and until forever. God is good. He desires good for you. He desires good for his people. He doesn't desire that we be separated from one another. He doesn't desire that we be separate from our families or our community, and surely not from him. He wants you right next to him. He wants you right next to each other, and he wants us to lead people to the cross. And so this morning, as our hearts start to quiet just a little bit, maybe you feel God talking to you about a situation Maybe it's at school, or maybe it's in the office. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's with a, a family member. Maybe you feel him you know, prodding you just a little bit that you could fix those words. Maybe you used the wrong words or used them the wrong way. Maybe you did something that pushed people away. Now's the time to bring them back. Now's the time to use words that are so powerful. Words like, I love you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Hold me. I do. I still do. Now's the time. Today's the day. Don't wait. Don't delay. Be filled with goodness and come to the well. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, my heart is so full today. God, you are good. And Lord, as I, as I stand here before you, there's so much, Lord, that I know you're still trying to accomplish in me. Have the freedom to do it, God. I'll let go of all this. I'll let go of the pettiness stuff that's for me. You, Lord, do your will. And may that be good. Today, Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would lead others to the cross, that you would lead others back to yourself, that, Father, you would use us as a church and as people, and that, Lord, together we'd fight the good fight. We would defend your honor and your name, and we would do that in such a way that the lost would be found. So Father, this morning we're fighting for ourselves and we're fighting for you and our community. But Lord, we need you to fill us. And so as we come to the well this morning, we pray that you would do that. Finish that good work that you began and lead us to the cross in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we're going to get an opportunity to respond. You'll get a chance to respond in, in the still of your heart. You'll get a chance to respond in, in the way that you live and love. We get a chance to respond, and we sing this song. If you would, please stand with me. We're going to be singing, Come to the Well. We're going to be thinking about and, and praying on how God can fill us with that which is good, and that out of that goodness, it would change your life now and forever. God is good. And as you sing today, it doesn't matter if your voices are crackly like mine. It doesn't matter if you can't hold a tune in a bucket. Sing about God's well this morning. Let his ears hear your lips as we praise.